Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You're listening to the Kang's Cast Podcast. New episodes are released weekly. Follow on Twitter and Instagram at Kang's Cast. Like on Facebook and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Kang's cast with D Fresh, Eric, and Ryan. This is not D Fresh. This is Eric bringing you with that intro today. As always, the podcast is sponsored by our boys over there at Ziggy's Smoke Shop, um, selling all the products that you need. Follow them on Instagram at Ziggy's Smoke Shop 209. They have locations in Stockton and Tracy. Um, they're still open with limited hours because they are an essential service because Everybody needs that medicine, and they need the products for the medicine. So check out the boys over there. Tell them that the guys from Kang's Cast sent you. Um, jumping on today, it's it's been about a week. We did our our, our podcast last week, which is the the list episode of our shit five. I'm looking forward to do a couple more of those lists. So if you have any recommendations, let us know on Twitter. Today we're gonna go a little free forum and do a recap of the season. Um, talk about some of the points. Not not really recap the season as the Kings, but recap the season for for us and what Kings cast guys were saying um, along the way, kind of fact checked ourselves, call each other out, talk some shit to each other on some dumb points we may have made and maybe praise ourselves on good points we may have made. So uh, Doug, why don't you bring it in? Let the people know how you're doing in the time of quarantine. First of all, Eric, that was much better than I expected. And uh, I may have just lost my introducing job. So I have I do well, have a call well I do have well, a I do have a college degree for what it's worth I don't know if that'll help there but um I do have one. <laughs> all right. Uh yeah, uh hope everyone's doing all right. Uh I am surviving just like the rest of us are, I'm sure. Um you know, we could we could start like at the beginning beginning and just talk about what we thought was going to be happening this year. Um I don't know how you guys feel about that. Yeah, that's that works with me. I just want to let everybody know during this time of quarantine that I have been dragging Eric's ass through the dirt on some 2K. Uh, I, I think it the record's 28 and 18 been whooping his ass. So just just let everybody know. Wow, man, you really going to bring that out in the public and everything? Um, <laughs> I mean, since, really... we're ta- since we're talking about quarantine, I just want to let everybody know. By the way, I, I started 0 and 6. So you do the math of what the record's been since I started 0-6 and, and I and I started to learn how to play online. It's just been a bloodbath. He, he's just been getting his ass worked the whole time. For what it's worth, I did use the Kings in the last series, and so that did contribute a little bit to um, the L. But The all-time um, Kings. I don't know. <laughs> regardless we gotta we gotta get defresh on that on that uh on that 2k run um obviously there's not much to do right now that's the have you guys let's before we go into it have you guys been following all these fucking degenerates that are that are betting on uh, like 2k madden simulations have you guys been following these yeah yeah i've actually been partaking (laughs) where can you put where can you put some bets on that i'll hook you up with my guy we'll talk offline it is Hey, it's funny because I I'll, <laughs> I follow like several different betting sites on Twitter or whatever pages, and the funny it's like 
you see, you'll be scrolling and like Bleacher reports like, oh, Ravens minus three and a half against the Saints at a neutral site tonight on Madden. And it's like, it's, it's just fucking weird. It's weird. Like anything I said, I got to, anything a guy. to create anything to create content. I think people, and there's some degenerates out there that just, I don't know. I really think this need that itch, but um, all right. So <clears throat> let's go in, let's go into the episode. Cause I think this could be a long one. If we fucking keep rambling on hello hard. Um, so what we want to do, like I said, is, is talk about um, the points that throughout the season, what we were thinking and just try to, re- we don't really have notes. So we're going to try to remember what our points were, who had an opinion of, of a player, of the team, of the Kings in general, and see if we were right, see if we were wrong, um, you know, see if maybe we were kind of right, kind of wrong, because I think there's a couple issues there like that. So let's start it off uh, preseason. So uh, I'll start it off by setting the platform for you guys. Preseason was really optimistic for for us and, and just for Kings fans. They made a lot of moves in the offseason. Um, they were coming off of a, uh, a season in which last season – they did fire their coach, but they were really close um, to to making the eighth seed. They were buyers in the second half of last season, so a little bit of optimism, right? And so naturally, our dumbasses thought that oh, you know, you know, Kings maybe might make the playoffs. So, um, so <clears throat> starting off there, uh, I'll put it out there to you guys. I would say the things maybe comment on would be projected record. Um, and then what you guys maybe thought the st- the standings would look like at the end of the season, and then what you thought about the offseason acquisitions coming into the season. And be honest, don't don't because I know if you've been listening to Kingscast, you know that what our real opinions are. But be honest, what you thought going into the season about the offseason transactions and whatnot. Okay, so can we break this up into into pieces? I, I I'll sit here and talk all day if we start going to this. So I'm, uh, first off, let's let's talk about record and standings real quick. Okay. Uh, I believe I had them winning like 44 or something games, somewhere around there, 44, 45. I can't remember the exact number now. It's been a while. Um, but I did have them being the eighth seed and playing the Lakers. Uh, you know, I, I, I really, really thought coming into the year that Darren Fox was going to turn a corner, which he did, okay, which we, we will talk about. Um, but I also anticipated Bagley um, turning the corner in. As we know, things didn't go well for Bagley's second year at all. Uh, he just banged up, man. Guys barely played. Uh, the, the one surprise, though, that I remember when we were doing the rankings is, <clears throat> you know, we try to account for other people's records throughout the season. We try to project, hey, this team's going to make this jump. And we were pretty spot on, I'd like to say, for our teams um, that we thought we're going to be in the playoffs playoff picture. The one surprise was OKC. I didn't think OKC would be there and Portland falling off. The, the, those were the, the, the mix-ups right there, but Memphis making, making that jump instantly into the playoff contention with John Morant, that kind of threw off the playoff picture a little bit. Um, obviously the season was cut short, so we're not going to know. Um, but yeah, I, I had Sacramento eight seed, um, obviously getting the shit kicked out of them in the first round by the Lakers. So, uh, you know, it, it was it was almost it was it was pretty accurate. Obviously, they weren't going to win that forty four games that we thought. So, uh, but yeah, you, I mean, you could chalk that up to injuries. You could chalk it up to inexperience and all that. So, okay, so so Ryan put it out there. You you project them to be the eighth seed, uh, Doug. You, what you're thinking record wise going into the season? Yeah, I remember for me as well, I had them as the eighth seed and I had them going 43 and 39. So, and, and it's like you said, Eric, (laughs) 
you know, we're dumbasses for being optimistic and thinking they can do so much, you know, for us is kind of funny because we try and be honest and realistic, but, uh, I, we all, you know, bought in on that Vladi Kool-Aid and, uh, you know, things didn't turn out. So, uh, yeah, that was our thoughts this year. So, okay, for me, it was, I did have them, you know, I had them in seventh or eighth seed, and mostly because I thought the bottom of the West would be all just kind of a crapshoot anyway that would come down to a game or two. Um, you know, I'll be honest about the record in, in that. I, I, I think all of us, I think we shouldn't be so hard on ourselves in that we were um, these, uh, you know, Homer, our fans weren't coming, our, our points weren't coming from the Homer fan perspective. They were just coming from the point of what, what they win 39 games last year. So, hey, winning two or three more games, which is extremely reasonable to expect out of a team, right? When they, that's not, that's not a, too much of a stretch. Right. And and if they had one, two or three more games and been around that 42 to 44 mark, that would that could have put them in the in the in the eighth to seventh seed. So realistically, it wasn't it wasn't um, too much of a a, a, a reach in our, in our points. So I would say putting it out there. What what were some things coming into the season that the Kings did in the offseason that made it to where. You believe they would, but they would take that step. What's your, what's your, what were the things that stuck out to you guys? Well, it was the obvious, you know, it's just the obvious. They, they brought Harrison Barnes back, you know, making that trade for him at the deadline last year was huge. Sacramento's been looking, you know, for a, for a legitimate small forward and he could play the stretch four for years. You know, I know they had Rudy Gay, but before that, it's been a long time. And, uh, you know, that move, obviously bringing in Trevor Ariza, we all know who, how that turned out. Uh, you know, uh, the very underrated move with Rashawn Holmes, which I'm sure we will get to for sure. Uh, you know, the, so so those moves right there, bringing in Corey Joseph, those moves right there that we thought, you know, legitimate uh, professionals who have been in the league for a long time, they're veterans, and they're going to come in and produce. Obviously, it didn't work out the way we thought it would. Yeah, for me, it's 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 kind of just the other side of what Ryan was just saying. It's uh, for me, I thought that you know the the young guys that the Kings were trying to build around, you know, Fox and Bagley, and obviously, you know, they're not super young, but we figured that he'd be a part of this core going forward. With you know, Buddy Heald, like they had enough of of those guys, and to bring in you know Deadman and Ariza and Holmes and Joseph in the off season. I think that's what gave us some optimism was, hey, these young guys that are so young, but they can only get better and bring them in with some veteran presence that, you know, this combination would be good enough to finally get to the postseason. I think that's that's for me what I thought going into the season was going to be good enough for them to do that. So really it is it's it's it's. You you guys are are wrong, and I think what we've learned doing Kings Cast is you know it's crazy because we've been watching basketball for twenty five years, you know all of us, and and um, I, I, it's crazy how every season you can kind of you kind of as a fan and someone who follows the game tightly, you can always like ah oh, man, I learned a little bit about NBA basketball this season. One thing I think is, is that going into the season is that we just assumed that a a competent front office when they have a whole off season of scouting would, would be able to fill their roster enough to win two or three games. Um, and basically bring players in who, who, who would help them do that. We kind of gave them the benefit of the, of the doubt. And so, um, 
I, I think that's a lot of where our expectations came from. So um, I guess one last thing too is the big coaching change. I'd like to put it out there to Ryan. Ryan was, uh, I would say Ryan was really in support of Walton coming in here even before he got fired from the Lakers. Ryan kind of identified him as a guy um, with the, when the rumors came out about Walton. Um, going back to last year, I never really thought that Jaeger was the issue. I've, I've said this multiple times on here. And so I will say it again is that Jaeger, uh, I think a lot of it was, was personality issues. I think last year they, the Kings didn't really have a front court and they didn't have any depth at the wing. And so um, they kind of, you know, we thought filled those roles in the offseason and then brought in um, Walton, who, who we still are not going to say is a bad coach. That for me, that's what gave me some hope going into the season. Um, so, the we made our predictions. We're optimistic. We did Kings Cast episode one. We made our we thought you know Kings playoffs, blah blah blah. And then night one hit right, and then that first week hit, and then it really changed. And so this is where I think we're gonna have to talk about where where our headspace was at that time. Night one, Phoenix Suns uh, playing Doug's boy Kelly Oubre out there, right? And the Kings got murked. They got murked. The turnover, how many turnovers that game? Like 20 something turnovers. 29, I think. Yeah. yeah if um, I remember right. Bagley they, gets hurt. They were up. They were up big, correct? They, I mean, I, I, I want to say they were up by like double digits for most of the game because I, you know, I, I, this is, this was weird, man. So this is when I was going through all the academy and stuff for my job. So I'm not going to lie. I had to record the first game of the season. I, you know, I watched like the first, quarter they're up and i'm like all right cool i I just need to go to sleep i gotta wake up like at two in the morning and i remember waking up the next day and it's like holy shit man what the hell (laughs) you know what happened and you see the turnovers and you see all this stuff and you know that was just like a that was a crazy uh a crazy week man because that i mean i'm sure eric you're gonna talk to it i know i cut you off but I just wanted to throw that out there. It, it was a crazy week. It's stuff, something that we didn't see coming at all. And nobody did, you know, from our, 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 the media around Sacramento, from honestly, national media, Sacramento was just putrid the first like two weeks of the season. So they came out of that game with, with injuries to Bagley. And then I, I, Fox got hurt maybe the next day or something or, or, or that game and then ended up lingering. And it, so, so it, it was just kind of, uh, um, it was just kind of a mess from from day one, and then within the first week, okay, let's let's put our headspace at like seven to ten days after. I'll look back to I remember and when we did we did one of our episodes and we were looking back at the first week of the season, and we were I I would say confidently that all three of us were like oh shit like this roster is terrible this season is not going to be where it is. Um, it, it seemed like a long season, Doug. If you're pulling up stats, it might be able to tell us what the record were like it was in the first like six to seven games. But I remember the quote from Kingscast, Doug. You said something like, "It's hard to believe like it's, it's already been over. It's only been like a week, right? It's only been a week, and they've yeah, no, it 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 was. It kind of threw us all back because it was like, "Holy shit, here we go again. Is this really happening again?" And I remember. They by the time we record recorded our first actual podcast, they were zero and four, and then they lost that fifth game to start season to Charlotte, and that I think we all remember like that might have been one of the worst games of the year, and then they won those you know next two games against Utah and New York, so um, yeah, two and five start that was rough. Okay, so at that point we 
we always say we kind of jump shipped and and we jump ship on on the current um roster the record what was do you think at that point we overreacted on our points or do you think that they were valid i think they were 100% valid and the the reason is the we sipped the Kool-Aid you know we we're the ones who bought into it and if you look back at sacramento's history the last 15 years we had no you know uh, why why did we do that looking back at it, it's like look at the track record look at what did we you know hey maybe last year was just kind of a fluke or something so i i definitely think that we we did jump the gun but <clears throat> to our to our defense they brought in guys deadman who did hit i know doug just put in there 81 threes the year before you know they they brought in ariza who's been a really really good player he's played on some really good teams the problem was these guys were just a few years too late Ariza's three years too late, uh, you know, and and it's not our fault, you know. How are we supposed to predict Fox getting injured real early? How are we supposed to predict Bagley getting injured? So yes, we did jump the gun. Um, and going back, I feel dumb for doing it because I remember while it was happening, we we're just sitting there like, dude, how did we buy into that crap, man? We know better. We're we've watched every Kings game for the last you know twenty years. How did we buy into it? So yes, yes, we did jump the gun. So at that point uh kings are hurt you know it's looking like it's going to be a month for bagley several weeks maybe a month for fox um there was a bright spot and then there was a prediction that came out that really set the tone for our season i really want to talk i want to talk about as we go in there the bright spot um was rashawn holmes so rashawn holmes came in and produced people got very excited about um and we can go into him the the, the thing that came out of that was was the uh our I would say our stance regarding Bogdanovich going into the season, the Kings didn't work out some type of extension with Bogdanovich. And I think that we were, we were, um, we understood because the money that was being thrown out was a lot. Right. When this happened, um, when the Kings first week and they, and they kind of blew up in the first week or two in the season. Um, I would say November 11th podcast of Kings cast. I came out and said, um, that, Throughout this time, I hope that Bogdanovich goes out there and kind of tears it up a little bit and becomes trade bait because I I think I think that I wanted the Kings to trade him it and and that was and, and I know Ryan felt the same way and we we had we've talked about that a lot um, and so that's really where I would say our, our gripe with Bogdanovich started because then right, we were real early to the party on that about wanting to move him and hoping that he would, we knew that he'd perform throughout the next month because he was going to get the minutes. Um, and then on, I, re, I would say at that point of the season is where uh, there was a real divide amongst uh, Kings fans about people thought he was untradeable and he needed to be signed to an extension, a big time extension, you know, and we were like, holy shit, no. So um, I'm going to pass it off to you guys. Rashawn Holmes at that time, talk about the bright spot of him, his, uh, you know, coming in and being a player for the Kings, and then talk about Bogdanovich a little bit of what you guys thought about him at that time. So Rashawn Holmes, early on, he was getting uh, MVP chance when he was at the foul line. I don't know if you guys remember that. And, I, and you know, I, I remember thinking, like, man, this is, this is a joke, blah, 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 whatever. Sacramento, like we've said many times, if you come to Sacramento and you play hard, fans are going to love you. All right, that's that's one of the positives about playing here. Um, the bright spot about Rashawn Holmes and something that we did not anticipate was, again, we always say 
you know, Sacramento was lacking in the beginning of the year. They were lacking young athletic bodies who could run, jump, all just the, the normal stuff, right? Because going back to that Charlotte game early on, I remember Michael Bridges just in like some, I forget who else, just absolutely torched. It might have been Devontae Graham just torched us and Sacramento looks slow and unathletic. Rashawn Holmes brought that to Sacramento and it's something that we didn't think, you know, not having a lot of, uh, you know, seeing a lot of tape on Rashawn Holmes or seeing him play a lot. Um, the dude's big, he's athletic, and he's strong. And that's something that, you know, we, we just didn't expect to see. I, I honestly, I didn't expect it. He brought a toughness. He's big. Uh, you know, he was able to bang with those with those centers in the in the NBA. And uh, yeah, it was it was just huge. I I really did not see that coming coming and going forward, man. That's that's big. Young athletic guys, man. That's what we preach on Kings Cast. Yeah, and and just to go off of what you said, I was I was gonna bring that up too. Was Holmes really provided that athletic kind of um, excitement spark that the Kings needed, uh, especially coming off the bench? You know, kind of extend that second unit, and um, you know, I I don't think I think we we knew about it who he was coming into the year, but we we didn't really anticipate his much or this much contribution that he was able to provide for Sacramento, and so. Uh, you know, he, he scored at a higher clip. He he was uh, an above average rebounder. I mean, we've talked about that before, like where we thought he could have been, a, um, you know, putting up better numbers with rebounds. But he was he was good. And then um, talking about bogey, I really remember we were recording at the end of that Portland games, that Portland game, if you guys remember, and he just went off that night. And that was kind of I if, if I remember when it was like this is when in one of you guys said bogey needs to kind of just start taking off here and then it'll up his value. So I just, I remember um, that Portland game where he put up a, a really, really good numbers and we thought, Hey, this could be good for him and for the Kings to really showcase during these next few games. So it was a, like I said, it was a weird time of the season. And I, I think we were, I would say some of the tones of late November, early December episodes were negative, and a lot of that was because we were extremely disappointed. Um, at, at that time, we were trying to temper expectations because um, there was still some people out there like, we can salvage this, we can salvage the season, and we were like, no, not with the team that's here, no, you can't. Um, I'd like to give Kings Cast credit. I, I don't... I, I want to pat ourselves in the back. Not that that we're those type of guys, but we said within two weeks, and and and, and looking back, not much of a stretch that Deadman was not was not a player. Like Deadman was was bad, right? Um, and I want to give the Kings the credit at that time. And, and one thing we said was that they were self aware. Uh, um, a lot of front offices try to force uh, the issue when they make a signing with the player. That they want to try to force that to get get them minutes because they want to prove that they were that they were right. And the Kings didn't do that with Deadman. They realized right away that this guy didn't fit. They realized that they had Holmes, which made it easier. And they pretty much put Deadman to the bench. Um, and that that right there kind of gave us a lot of uh, signs to what the season was going to look like because we said we realized that they made some mistakes with their signings. And um, it was going to be a, a long December, we said. So, um, but a, a guy I would say that stepped up through all that too was was Bielisa. And I would say this is where we're wrong. 
or all three of us, do you guys think we were in agreement about Bielisa? 100%. 100%. Okay, so, so Doug, Doug, Ryan, one of you guys pick it up on where, where our headspace was about Bielisa going into the season. Again, uh, coming into the season, Bielisa had a decent year the previous year, right? He started really hot, but then he tailed off and, and, you know, he became, you know, what he was in the first half of his career, right? He kind of digressed back to, to what his average. This year coming into it, we were thinking, okay, you know, Bielisa was hot in the beginning of the year last year, kind of digressed. And coming into it, I, we didn't expect him to, you know, to, to play well. He started a little slow, but Bielisa's consistency is and 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 Holmes being tough and coming in there. They're the reason that Sacramento was able to send Deadman to the bench. You know, even after paying him that money, if Bielisa wouldn't if he would have came out and he wasn't as consistent, he wasn't shooting as well, and he wasn't playing, you know, any defense, they would have had to play Deadman. Because who else are you going to put out there? So him be, him coming out there, being consistent and playing well, allowed them to, you know, to quote unquote, have the self-awareness and kind of bail them out of that Deadman situation. And, you know, we're going to talk about it again. Good on Vladi for, for moving on from him. But yeah, without Bielisa, man, I, I don't think Rashawn Holmes alone could have filled that void. The the lineup the lineup at that time um, was not deep. It was not athletic, but something crazy happened. Um, after the Kings started off with two, three, four, five consecutive losses, they went nine and three their next couple games with that lineup. So, um, Doug, talk about Bielisa's role in that lineup, uh, Holmes's role, anything you want to talk about? Because they they went they went nine and three playing defense. It was a weird it was a weird stretch and it was a weird time for us to be talking on here because we were we didn't like the lineup, but they were winning. I think collectively we were tentative to give Bielisa credit because of based off of last year, like Ryan said, he had, he got off to a great start and then really, you know, flattened out after that. I think once mid December hit, uh, and, and the Kings even went through that tough stretch where they lost what nine in a row or something like that, you know, B still, uh, continued to play well. And so I think that was about the time where we thought, Hey, you know, this has ended up being a good sign by Vlade. Um, just the way he's, I mean, he's shot before, before the season came to a halt a couple weeks ago, he was still shooting almost 43% from downtown. Like that's a really good clip. And so um, him and him and Holmes kind of combined where Holmes could be kind of the bruiser in the paint and be Elisa being able to work the perimeter. I kind of, like you guys said, they just worked well together and um, provided uh, some, you know, unthought of depth, uh, because of the lack of production from Deadman. Yeah, and I think they... He, I don't think Vladi meant for this to happen. This is what was like... This is this is what was awesome is, you know, in the NBA, you, you get, sometimes you get lucky and you find some diamonds in the rough and, you know, you get a good situation out of a bad situation. And I think that uh, Rashawn Holmes and Bielisa just complimented each other well and they were able... Obviously, they were able to sustain Deadman's horrible horrible contract and that's what you know hey it's better to be lucky than than good as the same you know like we, we got lucky like we it, it it's not like i i really don't think that they you know that king's management saw this ahead of time because if they did they wouldn't have brought in deadman so uh i know we we gave a lot of crap to be lisa um we were calling him bj lisa for a while but like dude we <laughs> hey we're 
we're you know we're gonna come out here and tell us when we were wrong and b elisa is i think the number one um you know number one thing from the season that i was wrong and i'm gonna admit that here i i was wrong as well i was wrong on the guy i hated that fucking dude last year i felt like he was just casting up shots all the time and i and when you're when you uh, are a bad team and you're a mediocre player and you're casting up shots, it's not a, that's not a way to get fucking love from from the fans and, and from people who support the team. But uh, if there if there's a bright the bright spots that definitely came out of that first stretch was definitely Belisa and it was Holmes and both of those guys showed that they are players and and we love to do trade trade speculations at this time is where we started to put together packages for trading. I didn't really include Belisa in any of those trade packages. I only, I only included him in one, and it was because he is a good player and was only making $6 million. And because he was playing so well, I thought he would have been a good asset if the Kings were blue chip hunting. But um, I felt that he was worth keeping on this team for the next year or two. I still feel that way. So uh, those were the bright spots. So I'm going to fast forward the season, guys. I'm going to do a little recap of where we're at. So right now we're talking... We're, we're we're kind of sitting in in, in mid December. We'll we'll pick December fifteenth, and this is where our headspace was at that point. Um, to recap, we thought that the Kings, um, you know, made a mistake with some of the offseason signings. We wanted to move them immediately. I felt we were ahead of the game on that, so I'll give the credit to us. Um, we were um, hoping that Bogdanovich would come in and perform a little bit so that they could trade him. I think that we were. Um, I would say a little bit contrarian to contrarians to Twitter. A lot of people thought that they needed to lock him up. So I think we were ahead on that. I don't know if we were right or wrong still. I think the jury's still out to that. But we were some of the first people to advocate for him to be traded. And this is around that time where we made that point. The Kings went through a weird stretch, though, because like I mentioned, they went nine and three over 12 games. And that was from like, you know, November through the start of December. And then they went. I would say by December 15th is where things started to change because um, that the Kings had played some def- played some defense. They'd won their games through defense, if you guys rem- remembered. Holmes was looking great. And then at this time, this is where Fox and Bagley were projected to come back. And this is where people on Twitter were coming out and saying, wait until, they- wait until these guys come back on the roster. Now it's going to look like the Kings we thought preseason. And I want. I think we stood our ground because we watched this team, and we were saying this team is not athletic enough. This team is not deep enough. And I don't know why you think that a young, uh, you know, twenty-year-old Bagley and a twenty-one-year-old, however, Fox coming in, who's coming off injuries, all of a sudden going to make this impact. And this is December fifteenth, right? Um, Fox came back early, and here's what happened in the next bunch of games: lost to Charlotte, lost to Indiana, lost to Memphis, lost to Houston, lost to Minnesota, lost to Phoenix. Lost December or to Denver and lost to the Clippers. How many losses is that in the row? Right when Fox came back, so we said these 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 guys um, are young. They're, it's going to take time, and we even said collectively, all of us said they might even be a detriment because the Kings were getting by um, playing strategic. They weren't scoring a lot of points, then they were holding holding their opponents to a lower season average. And when you introduce Fox and then later on Bagley, who were younger, that want to you want to play a little more aggressively in pace maybe they weren't going to play with the same uh, defensive effort we thought it could be a little bit of a detriment for about a month were we right were we wrong about that um take it away we obviously we were correct 
And you said, the thing is, is you said about a month. Fast forward a month. I mean, obviously Bagley gets hurt, whatever. But fast forward a month, look what happens. Darren Fox gets acclimated, right? He gets his legs back under him. And Darren Fox made that jump to what we thought he was going to be in the beginning of the season. He had a great January. The Kings started playing. The Kings started playing well. Obviously, the Kings made moves by then. You know, January, February. The Kings went and got. I uh, shoot. I think they went and got Bazemore early, early. Like it was beginning of January. I want to say it wasn't even nearer, nowhere near the deadline. Uh, you know, so Sacramento. You know that it took some time for Darren Fox to get in there, but once he did, man, Fox just played a great and take, and he's been playing great. You know, all the way up until this quarantine time quarantine time i love it (laughs) (laughs) it's gonna be like uh it's gonna be bc 80 and uh, qt moving forward guys sorry that was my little 2020 was the 2020 is gonna go down as a historical year Um, yeah so i'm just looking back at at this eight game losing streak too back in that started in mid-december and went through the you know the end of the calendar year whatever um that is i remember Fox came back a little sooner than I believe most of us anticipated. And so really reacclimating him and then they had Bagley available. So it's kind of like for the most part, they were, they were fairly healthy. And the, when Fox came back, it was just kind of weird because the Kings were playing fairly well before that. And I remember, I think it was at this time of year, weren't they dead last in pace? And so you know, you bring in one of the fastest dudes in the league back into the to the lineup. It changes everything up, you know, with how how they played. And Corey Joseph, obviously, more of a half court set guy, and and it was working at the time. But when when uh, Fox came back, it definitely set the Kings' progression back. And that's not a knock on Fox at all. I think that's just his style of play and what the Kings actually wanted to do, big picture. Because, you know, Walton came into this year and saying they want to run, run, run. And obviously that's what the Kings are built to do. But um, when he came back in mid-December, it kind of just slowed things down. And that's that losing streak that really ended. Well, now that we're at where we're at now, uh, record-wise, it kind of threw the Kings season into like a whirlwind and and just kind of fucked them over. Yeah, so... A whirlwind. It's it's a real good, uh, I would say, uh, adjective to describe the next month when those guys came back. And so, um, what we're gonna do with 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 the season is we're going to break break this up into two episodes. I think, guys, if you guys are okay with that, let's do two episodes on this. Works. So sounds okay. good. So here's here's where, here's where we're gonna conclude. We're gonna conclude our our, our episode pretty soon here. And I want to say, going into the next month, this is where Bagley and Fox came back. The Kings went four and fifteen. Okay, four and fifteen from December seventeenth through January twenty second. Um, that include that included uh, losing streaks of five or more twice in that time. That's really right there. Where I would say the Kings dug themselves in the hole, and like Doug described it as the whirlwind. That going in going into the end of the season, why the Kings are uh, are so are out of it when we really think that they shouldn't be. And so before we wrap this episode up, um, why don't you guys talk about going into, I would say late January into the all-star break into the trade deadline. Where were we at? Any points that we made that you guys want to bring up right now? This like, you're talking like, can, I mean, obviously Bogdanovich, 
um, like that. We can bring that and, up. And All it, right. So I'll, going I'll say, in, going anything, into the thing at that time, anything at that time that um, where that points that we made that you feel really stood out, whether we were right, whether we were wrong, what the Kings needed to do because they were terrible and we were coming on here. And I remember getting feedback on the podcast that people were like, dude, you guys are negative. And we're like, dude, they are terrible. They're terrible. They're losing game after game. Um, so what were some points that we were making at that time that well, were right, that were right, that would stand out? We've all year long, we've been on getting younger and athletic. All right. Um, we thought right away when they benched Deadman that, all right, you got to find a way to move that contract. Uh, we thought right away, you got to find a way to move Ariza. And they did that. You know, they moved Ariza and they got younger and athletic by bringing in Bazemore. I know Bazemore's like 30, but the guys, he's young, he's long, and he's athletic. They moved the Deadman contract and look what it turned into. You know, I don't want to, I know we're going to talk about trades later, but going in, going into that, we were the ones since November, even in the preseason, we were talking about, hey, this team's not very athletic. This team's not very young. It's not, you know, this and that. And that was our our strong points for all of our podcasts where we got to get younger and athletic. We got to move these contracts and do, you know, this is what they need to do in our eyes uh, to make to make a successful one. I think we were pretty dead on. I, I, I really do. Eric, I know you nailed one of the trades like on the head, man. Uh, that that's 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 where we were at and, and look what it led to yeah for me it's and i know we don't want to get too much into trade talk um but just looking back at the schedule it's that january 24th game and and i have a couple points here january 24th game against the bulls and that was the big night where luke made the switch and put bogey in the starting lineup and buddy to the second rotation. And we all know if you listen to us regularly, we, you all know how we feel about buddy and bogey. So I won't go into that really, but then factor in the next couple of weeks, bringing in a guy like Kent Bazemore and then bringing in, you know, Alex Len, uh, it, it, it just provided that extra depth that those spots needed and they were starting the mesh well, and that's where, you know, straight up the Kings started just playing better, and uh, the wins started piling up during that time. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna I would say we're gonna do this two part episode. So check us out on our next episode. Right now we're sitting at the season. Um, we're gonna call it end of January. We're going in the trade deadline. The Kings' record's terrible. Um, they, like I said, they had they went four and fifteen in a bunch in in their like what that nineteen games. Kings cast is, I would say, the pessimistic podcast for Kings fans at this point, but there is hope. We're co- we've been pounding the table for the last month for a couple of things, and we want to see them happen. Um, the Kings did, it, it, they did make some smart moves, um, it, it, and the season did get salvaged, but because of their record through the last month, it might have dug ourselves in a hole. So let's wrap it up. Um, as always, this, the Kings cast is sponsored by Ziggy smoke shop. You can check them out at Ziggy smoke shop, two zero nine on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter at Kings cast D fresh Kings cast, Eric and Kings cast, Ryan also hit up the main at Kings cast on Twitter and Instagram.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.